0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Welcome to the Extra Sauce Podcast. It's my fancy sauce. I want some fancy
2: sauce. Yeah.
3: I'm not done using
2: it. With the czar of sauces, Greg Hill. Full house this week. Hi. Hi. No, we got Mr. Mr. Pink Eye over there. Hey. Oh, come on. Come on. I, he gave you I, gave it to him. You gave it to me. Oh, yes. The virus
4: gave it to him, and then I, it crept up into his eyeball? Yeah. Oh,
2: that's what happened. Yeah. That's so, right. Okay. You're so, hacking cough yeah.
4: all over the room.
2: Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad <clears throat> you're here. Yeah. You're here. because Well, first of all, let me tell you that the podcast this week will feature an interview in a moment with Jay Asher, who is the author of the book, 13 Reasons Why.
4: I have a couple questions for Jay. Yes.
2: Yeah, so that's why you're here. Yep. And Shu, I, Shu, yeah. I know you're in, You're into it too. Yep. Um, and we've been talking about it probably for some of you too much, but I've been obsessed, <laughs> so obsessed with uh, 13 Reasons Why on Netflix. So we're going to talk to Jay in a second. And then in the second portion of Extra Sauce, we're going to be joined by Mark Fouqueril, who is a Boston Marathon survivor. And I'm going to talk to Mark about that day four years ago and about what he will be doing for this year's Boston Marathon. So that's coming up after we talk to Jay, who is the author of 13 Reasons Why, which uh, the book was the impetus for the Netflix series, which was produced by Selena Gomez. Yeah, it was her
4: passion project. She's been involved with it for quite some time.
2: I'd like to be her passion project. I bet you will. Oh, is she boy. too young for me? Is she yes. too young for daddy? Yes. She yes. is? All right. She's wealthy. That's about to
4: <laughs> you're making it weird. Uh,
2: uh, Bieber's been there. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, shoot. Just, Just right. saying. He's, he's still yeah. would. <laughs> oh, no. uh, would I? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, <laughs> would. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> well, Jay Asher wrote 13 Reasons Why, and he joins us now on Extra Sauce. Hey, guys. First thing, by by the way, I'm a 50-year-old man, and I talk with a lot of other older men who never read your book in high school because it wasn't out yet, and and we're often accused—like, I I say, oh, my God, you have to watch 13 Reasons Why— and they say, "Are you kidding me that's a like that's a, a teenage girl thing right but I mean are, you, are I, we have a million questions, obviously, but are you do you get that a lot or are you surprised by the success of of uh, what Netflix and Selena Gomez did
3: Yeah, I mean, I love the show, I love what they did, so I'm not surprised on its success, but yeah, I get that just what you said a lot too because i'm not a teenage girl either (laughs) and but I get and I get that all the time well how did you do that which for the teenage thing I think it's pretty obvious we've all been teenagers but for the female thing yeah that I've never been that
2: Was the book based on a true story?
3: Um, It was kind of inspired by that I had a a relative who as a female in high school attempted suicide and you know I never thought I'd write about it it was about nine years later that I came up with the idea for the book and it was obvious that. Definitely, where my experience came from.
2: Did you ever consider Hannah surviving? Uh, oh, there's going to be a yeah. lot. Of, uh, there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. in, in, in yeah. this podcast today. But did you ever think about Hannah living?
3: Yeah, actually, when I first wrote it, that's how I wrote it. And I, again, I think it was because that was my experience with my relative. And but it was basically out of the seriousness of the issue we decided we can't show any sort of second chance for anybody for the for the people left behind or for her even though there were people that cared for her and we just thought it was more responsible to show the finality of a decision like this
1: is that why it was changed from the book she killed herself with pills and in the the show it's razor blades is that why that was changed
3: yeah, kind of as a responsibility. What you want to show the pain of it? You would, you know, to not glamorize it at all and show the pain of it—the pain of having people find you, which, of course, isn't shown in the series either or in the in the book either. But all of that. This is not an easy thing in any way for anybody involved, and and it shouldn't be presented that way.
4: Jay, I've been talking with a lot of people who have completed uh, all you know thirteen episodes. Of the series and it's interesting to see when you ask is that that final scene that Hannah's scene in the bathtub is very very difficult to watch even if you're prepared for it
2: it's brutal and
4: I feel like there's an interesting split right down the middle of people who are either saying no that was too much to show and then people saying yes we needed to see that what is what has been your experience
3: yeah, and I knew it was going to get that response. Just like that's kind of the exact same response with the book, even before people even read it. There, You have a lot of people, mostly adults, saying it just shouldn't even be written about. It's a it's a, it's a topic that we know is out there, but we shouldn't even talk about it because you never know the sanity of the people reading it. And huh. basically what they're saying is, just like what people are saying with this series, It's it's so uncomfortable to talk about that issue at all. And so, you know what? That's not. That way we don't have to get into it. Mm-hmm. And But it's happening. And, and sometimes you need to face it. Sometimes you need to be made uncomfortable. And one of the, I did this last night. I didn't even know this stuff was out there because I'm also a middle-aged guy. I never you – know, when I was reading books or watching TV shows, I never did these – things where I would film myself watching them.
4: Right. Yes. There's So many yeah.
3: YouTube videos with react, they're called reaction videos or whatever, where they show themselves watching. And when you see people watching that scene, like they're crying and they should be, you yeah. know, and if that's somebody who for whatever reason might be suicidal right now and to see them cry, to see them see the pain of that, like you want them to see that.
2: Did you, when the book came out in 2007, did you actually get a a lot of crap because you
3: were writing about this topic? Yeah, I mean, a little bit not, not a ton. And it wasn't, and and the crap that was given usually didn't come to me directly. It would be where I'd hear about the book being banned somewhere and, and it's been banned or attempted to be banned quite a bit. Um, usually because of the subject matter, sometimes because of the subject matter of sex, just you, you talk about sex in any way, even though in the book, it's definitely not glorified. Um, People don't, don't like that, and usually that's why adults try to take it out. I and, mean, again, it's not that they don't realize this stuff happens, but it's hard to talk about, so they'd rather not. Uh,
1: I'd like to know what was the thought process behind using cassettes as the medium. <laughs> was this a, you see, I, 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 yeah, I yeah. overthink everything. Is this a cr- criticism of you know today's social media right. and everything's digital and quickly shared, or was it something that it was like things were more pure, or was it because it couldn't be shared? Like this was something that you could... Yeah, all of that. Oh, okay. Yeah,
3: Yeah, all of that. And that's one of the things, I love hearing people's theories because usually their theories are right. (laughs) They (laughs) just want to have somebody tell them they're right because we all love to be told we are right. Yeah. But part of it it actually is because I knew, I mean, I started writing the book about 13 years ago and when technology was very different and yet it was also changing really fast. And I knew that and it was just going to keep changing. And I thought if I tried to make it super, super modern and the teens in the book react to it as if it's modern, it's going to feel dated the second the book comes out. So I used something old, and when when Clay first gets the tapes, he doesn't even know if he knows, has a way to play them, yeah. and, oh, which is that. exactly what the readers would experience. So so it felt modern in that way.
2: Oh, I think so. if you if you haven't read the book, then – it, it, I mean, it's it's so binge worthy because I wanted to know, I wanted to know what the mystery was. Like, right. I, you know, I went yeah. for, you yeah. know, you, you know, you go for a good three or four episodes before you know what the mystery is, and then you know, even then, okay, like I understand. This girl committed suicide, but then you still don't know right. why. Right? You see how I, like, like every obviously. little
4: element of uh, everyone else introduced is how they're intertwined. You know, they throw in one element of yeah. one character, and you're like, "Oh, okay, whatever." And then two episodes later, you realize they had something to do with it too. <laughs> yes. It's wild.
2: And some people, I yeah. think uh, some people got wrongly, uh, uh, you know, it, like m- maybe the reason wasn't good enough. Like in so, like Alex, for instance. I'm, right. I'm, I'm yeah. wondering if I'm wondering if what Alex did was really worthy of of uh, of being one of the thirteen reasons you know but yeah
3: I- and I mean you know and it 's not where each reason is supposed to be that 's it without that she would have been fine right it was you know one of the things she 's trying to show is that is that things pile up for people, and that it's you know when you do one thing to a person it 's not just its own thing it's its thing on top of other things that you 're unaware of, and that 's really what she 's trying to say with with these By telling these stories and, but as well, I think, you know, she's not perfect in any way either. And as you definitely see in the show, you know, what she does by telling these stories could affect some of them in, in their own lives. You can't predict, you know?
2: Yeah. Now, let me get a couple of really annoying things out of the way question wise. OK, <laughs> great. And I, I, you part. I get you're only I get you're only the author of the book, but I just first of all, why doesn't that cut on clay's forehead ever heal yes it's a, it's oh my a, it's god it never heals what is with that
3: <laughs> well it's kind of needed so that's yeah. one reason yeah. and you don't again you don't know he might have some sort of medical condition <laughs> that okay. makes healing take longer
2: okay all right um how come he can ride his bike perfectly when drunk but gets into an accident when That's riding right. it sober, left and right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, you watch the show very closely, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have
2: issues. I have issues with that. Um, in the in the in the book, Clay binge listens to the tapes. Yeah. And, and doesn't really have time to confront everybody right. Uh, individually, yeah. right? And uh, yeah. are you happy with the way this uh, the way Netflix and, and Selena Gomez, as the producer, portray yeah, that? Yeah, I,
3: I'm really happy with how they did that. Like, that was the only way to get to know more of the characters, you know, because in the book he listens to it all in one night. And you have some minor, minor confrontations, but this, he spreads it out, and then so you get to see more of the other characters, which for me was really cool because... When I started writing the book, that's how I was going to do it. And I thought for the reading experience, it needed to be faster than that. Um, So for me, it was fun to see, oh, maybe this is how it would have turned out had I done it this way to begin with.
2: Do you think there, there will be a second series? Well,
3: I'm not allowed to say. Oh. I, oh. I, I've, we, when, we first, when we first signed off on Netflix doing it, we had discussed the potential and different ways to do that. And I've always said I would never write a sequel to the book because I told the story exactly how I wanted it to be. But there are definitely things I'm curious about, and I think this would be a way – to kind of explore those things and, and still leave the book on its own.
2: And Jay, Cash always makes you curious, more curious than you wish. It, <laughs> it
3: helps. Cash yeah, helps. Yeah. I mean, Cash. yeah. Having so, a kid helps yeah. go, yes, yeah. season <laughs> yeah. two would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, that's I, good
1: because the one thing my wife said at the end, she watched it with us, was like, well, what's going to happen to Bryce? Yeah, right, yes, yeah, so yeah, he needs yeah, to go she to jail. Want, she wanted yeah, to that, see that, some justice. To, I kinda, you kind of assume that
2: that's
3: going
1: right. to happen. And, but and she, it would
3: be nice to see some justice after what we see in society happened to somebody like Bryce yeah Yeah.
2: I think I mean honestly I think for Netflix this is this is their most important series yet and I and I think it's it's amazing to me the because just as an as an adult I think you don't realize when we were bullied like when I was bullied back in the 30s when I went to high school um it was you know it was not the social media aspect it yeah. wasn't a part of that, and even when you wrote yeah. this, even when you wrote this book, the no, social the social the social media part of it, it was wasn't new. there, yeah. and the, you know, and the you know, so I, I think it's really really important, and, and uh, well, it's
3: important for adults for that reason, right? Yeah, like I think I, I think that's why it, we're talking about bullying right now because it used to be this issue that you know what we all deal with it, we all somehow get through it, but it took adults a while to realize things are different now. Yeah. you know, you can't just leave school and it's all done now, um, and and so I think it is important for adults to see things are different now, and I, so we have to confront these things.
1: I think it's good. There's a contrast in it too because you see the social media aspect and the digital aspect, yeah. but then there's also the bathroom wall. Yeah, and then yeah. the old, yeah. the good yeah. old the kid it's in the locker there. thing yeah, and all yeah. that stuff yeah. is still there. So there's a contrast. Yeah, yeah.
4: Jay, I'm curious yeah, exactly. to know what you think about the newer controversy that's developed uh, after this. Because, you know, of course, it's a very, it's a serious book. It's a serious series. But a lot of memes have been coming out kind of joking about Hannah's inability to let little things go. Like, for instance, <laughs> one of them says, friend, yeah. can I borrow a pencil? Or, or I saw that, Hannah, yeah. can I borrow a pencil? Friend says, sorry, I don't have one. Hannah says, welcome to your
3: tape. Yeah. <laughs> so do yeah. you, how do you feel
4: yeah. about this reaction to it?
3: Yeah. And you kind of know that's coming. And that's been there from the beginning sometimes you know when things are on tv or in movies the audience reach is going to be bigger so there's going to be a lot more of this but you also have a lot more of the other stuff you know i i've seen a lot more schools deciding. you know what we know okay we knew the book was popular but we now know everybody's talking about it now so we're going to make sure we're part of the conversation. Good. So it is unfortunate to see that, yeah. but it's also not surprising and and, it, and it's a good reminder that there are people out there that won't take this seriously. They right. kind of refuse to and and sometimes the dark parts can be funny as well, but and then you go okay haha, but you know, that's still there's still a message. Serious. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, Jay, thanks for joining us and thanks for giving us a little extra sauce on 13 reasons why.
3: Yeah, thank you. This was cool. Thank you.
2: This year's Boston Marathon is the 121st running of this legendary race, and one of those who will finish the race this year may have been an unlikely pick to do so on April 16th, 2013, when he lay in a Boston hospital fighting for his life after the Marathon bombings. Mark Fouqueril is with us, and it's great to see you. Hey, thank you, Greg. Great to see you. On that day, what was... What was your plan for the day? What, how did you end up going to the marathon on, uh, in 2013?
0: Uh, I got a phone call on Sunday night from uh, my friend, uh, JP, and he let me know that a buddy of ours, Mike Jefferson, was running the marathon. Uh, Mike J is a Marine, uh, retired now. I uh, was running for memory of soldiers that he had lost or been injured in Afghanistan and Iraq that he served with. Uh, so of course, I was not going to miss supporting him. Um, so I went with JP and We met up with uh, everybody else.
2: It was a beautiful day.
0: It was an amazing day.
2: Beautiful, sunny day, and you found yourself on Boylston Street.
0: Yeah, we made our way over uh, in front of the forum to go meet up with uh, J.P.'s brother, and there was about eight to ten of us.
2: It seemed any different than uh, any—you've been to the marathon
0: in the past. Did that day seem any different than any other day? That was my uh, first marathon I've ever gone to in thirty. I was thirty five years old, never been to lived one. here your
2: whole life. Lived here my been, whole life, been a right mass outside hole, the city. Mass hole your whole life. And oh yeah, and you'd never been out on on marathon.
0: I'd been life. asked to go hundreds of times, especially by JP and them. They they went quite often. Um, never interested me. Didn't like the crowds. Thought it was pretty much like that shooting fish in a barrel, and uh, that's probably why <laughs> that's why I stayed away.
2: Yeah. On um, in that moment when uh, when what happened happened, what. What was the first thing that went through your head?
0: Uh, when I witnessed the first one go off in um, the size and just the, the height of the debris and the smoke, um, we looked at each other, me and JP, and we're like, that's not good. Um, we knew something definitely bad was happening at that moment. How far how far away was that from you guys, that first blast? Roughly, I think it was about 300 yards because I was in front of the forum.
2: So you guys were like, shit, this is-, is Yeah, you can see the not, size of it. This is not good and and do you do you then it would you guys discuss with yourselves what you're gonna do
0: i mean yeah i mean 13 seconds is quite a bit of time we could have been definitely halfway down Boylston street by that by that point um we looked at each other and said, like, where do we go and uh i said like, i don't know i said those people are gonna need help there's gonna be a lot of people that are hurt there uh there are people running by us and a buddy of mine yells get in the street and uh that was the last thing I pretty much remember until I remember waking up, looking at the sky, and it was all gray.
2: And there were, you know, I I think we 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 all every time we we think about it, we we see photos of it, we see footage of it. I think we're all amazed by the courage of those who ran ran toward those bombs and came to help. And and was that really the first thing? As you're looking up at the sky, you realize that that there are there are runners, there are bystanders there are people there that are trying to help.
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, at that moment, I didn't, I just knew, I said to myself, oh, shit, they got me, you know, uh, and I knew it was bad because I had seen what the first one was and the size and the capacity of the blast, uh, and then when I'm looking at the sky, could be good, you know, if you're looking up, <laughs> it's yeah. not a good thing. Yeah. Uh, never is, uh, but then... I remember people being, you know, by my side talking to me, Mark, it's going to be okay, asking you questions, talking to you, telling me to think of my son. Uh, But I was in and out of consciousness. um, And there were, after looking back and seeing the videos and seeing the pictures, there were hundreds and hundreds of people that came to our aid and helped us and risked their own lives not knowing what could have happened to themselves. I mean, there were so many heroes that day that have never been able to tell their story and get no, no recognition for it. I mean, Kayla Quinn, she saved my life. you would never seen her on TV. No,
2: I haven't. And who, if who, it wasn't
0: for her, I'd be dead. Kayla and, Quinn was a uh, mass general nurse.
2: And she was there. That, she happened
0: to be there with her girlfriend, uh, met up with her girlfriend to have a drink and watch the marathon. And when it happened, she rushed in. Uh, she told me initially she went to go help Lingzi Liu, um, yeah. the, the Asian exchange student. And uh, she said there were so many people helping her that she couldn't get into help. So, uh... She just looked around, and I was there by myself, and she stepped down to help me. In, the, in those moments, what, obviously
2: you're in shock, and, and obviously you're thinking about what, what's, wrong, what's wrong with me, what's going to happen to me. What, what else goes through your mind when you have an experience like that? Do you you think about your
0: family? Yeah, you my son, about, 100%. That, you, I was just like, thing. I don't want to die. I got a little boy. I want to see my son. That's it. And that's what they kept telling me to think about, and uh, that's pretty much what I focused on. Besides when they told me I was still on fire and they had to cut my pants off, what was yeah. left, then I undid my belt real quick. I wanted my pants yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's yeah, was 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 your first was your first thought terrorism? Uh I didn't think necessarily terrorism. Uh I just knew you know, people are like oh gas. I said no, it's right away I knew it was it was someone did it you know i didn't necessarily know terrorism right away but i mean i just that was definitely when you when you when you're dealing with people in a crowd that shoulder to shoulder that tight and something goes off like that i mean it's they're trying to hurt people it's 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 a set you know it's a set thing not like oh no there's a gas explosion or you know a manhole cover blew up and no that was when something happens usually in a crowd like that it's because the crowds there how quickly did they get you to and did you did
2: you go in an ambulance and you know some folks went in, you know, cruisers and, and uh, paddy wagons and things. How, how, how did you get to the hospital, and how quickly did you get there?
0: That's what um, I was in. I was in a paddy wagon with uh, Roseanne Sedoya and uh, Mike, <laughs> the firefighter. And um, it was a while before I got pulled off the street. Uh, they were they they assess the situation, see who they can save, and then that's who they move first. Um, and plus, able-bodies were jumping in ambulances as fast as they could. Um, I remember being on a backboard and someone tapped me on my sh- shoulder and saying, hey, we got an ambulance, we got an ambulance, it's coming, it's coming. And then the guy screaming, stop, stop, stop. And he's like, why aren't they stopping? And uh, someone's like, they're full. And then, then so you know, he did that twice.
2: Those ambulances are going by, yep. and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, can, when I, I get in one. can I get in? Yeah, <laughs> can I get in? Can I get in an ambulance? What do you, what do you talk about when you're in the? I mean, obviously they're working on you on the whole way to the to the hospital. But what did did you and Roseanne speak?
0: Uh, we didn't get to talk. No, it was pitch black in the back of the paddy wagon. Uh, Mike turned on his lights on his um the firefighters. They carried flashlights on their jackets. I uh, turned that on to bring some light to the subject. Um, but it was just a real bumpy ride. Jimmy Davis and then uh. Jimmy Davis was driving, and it took only about two, two and a half minutes for him to get us from Boylston Street to Mass General. Uh, well, he, was doing, he was driving on the sidewalks, running everything. It was crazy, and we had uh, And you guys Shana. are bouncing.
2: You guys are bouncing around in the back of a. Paddy oh, wagon we're bouncing
0: off the wall. I mean, the yeah. firefighter who was with me, uh, he just couldn't stop apologizing. <laughs> I was whacking my head, you know, against <laughs> the fire, against the uh, wall. <laughs> just him trying to keep me on there it was a tough gig. Trying to keep me on the uh, bench.
2: Is it hard, you're four years removed, you spoken off a lot during the trial about your feelings. Is it, and I think that we're going to talk in a moment about what you're going to do at this year's marathon. Is, is it hard to put anger out of your mind if you had, or are, are you still angry as, as you sit here today?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm angry for what the guy did you know uh but I'm grateful to be alive and I have all the support that I have you know um, what I mean How many surgeries have you had I stopped counting Greg it's been a lot yeah. <laughs> a real lot um yeah I've I mean I've had five revisions on my right leg alone yeah. never mind my left leg which is the more damaged leg
2: Which so you your right leg was amputated instantly
0: instantly from the bomb yep from the bomb it was right beside me
2: Your left leg is is, 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 is still- Skin graft, burnt, debris
0: filled, um, shattered, bones, my heel bones shattered, uh, arteries lost, um, numerous, numerous, and numerous surgeries to save that left foot, all pinned back together. You've been to Walter Reed, you've been- uh, Lived down at Walter Reed, thanks to Jess and Patrick, uh, talking to the doctors down there, then the doctors pushed forward to get me in there. Took two years, but I got there, I was there for a year at this year's marathon you'll be
2: on a cycle a hand cycle and you'll make your way from hopkinton to boston how difficult is that for you physically
0: well oh, yeah it's it's hard uh your leg your legs are designed to carry the weight of your body uh when we're on a hand cycle we're using our arms um which are not designed to carry the weight of your body uh granted we do have some gears that we use um, but they always don't work to your advantage. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's still physically exhausting and very difficult, especially the hills.
2: Yeah. Well, Mark, you're talking to a guy who nearly dies when undertaking <laughs> a 5K once a year for the <laughs> Greg Hill Foundation. So I can't imagine the 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 physical activity involved in hand cycling your way 26.2 miles.
0: Yeah, um, at, the, at the beginning of it. I'm always like, why, why am I doing this? Because then, I mean, eventually you go numb and you just finish it.
2: <laughs> What's it like when you cross the finish line after everything you went through there? And when when you see when you go by where Forum was, what 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 goes through
0: your, your head? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm like an odd duck or something different about me. Well, people,
2: you definitely you definitely <laughs> are an odd duck, and yeah, that's, you're a little. It, doesn't, it, doesn't
0: it, really it it doesn't really phase me. It doesn't. No, nah, I mean, Do you think back about that. About those bombs going off? And- uh, I mean I get asked about it. I have to tell the story quite a bit. But yeah. uh nah, I mean I just got a I got a lot of stuff on my plate. You know, I'm busy and uh we've you know, most of us survivors from that, you know, have uh replaced like that day with just so many other events that we've gone through and all the support and our own events that we do now in in, in camps and different things that we work with and organizations. Um, I mean, I think we just we fill it with all the happiness and all the good things out of what happened more than thinking about that day. There are going to be about 30 hand cyclists in the race.
2: Last year, it was upsetting to you and to others that there was no acknowledgment of hand cyclists when it came to completing the Boston Marathon. No, no medals, no acknowledgment by the announcer. In fact, there's a question about whether an inappropriate comment was made by that announcer when some hand cyclists were were crossing the finish line last year.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was upsetting. Um, And they don't. Yeah, they don't recognize the hand cyclists. Um, There hasn't been a cash prize like there is for every other event. There isn't any reefing, reefing. Yep. Wreathing. Wreathing. Yeah. yeah, No wreath. Um, and no national anthem. I mean, the guy who won last year, he's a, he's a military man. You know, you don't play his national anthem who fought for our country, lost his leg for our country, risked his life and freedom, you know, for our country, sacrificed everything, family, to go and fight, and they didn't even play his national anthem, which is our national anthem.
2: Why? Has the, have, have, I know you've asked the BAA. As have others. Why?
0: (laughs) They don't like, they just don't like the hand cycle division. Uh, They want elite runners. Uh, I mean, they claim that the Boston Marathon is the people's marathon. I mean, and if on Patriots Day, I think the most important people are our veterans, if any. And I mean, if these guys can't contort their bodies into push rims or can't run due to physical limitations on their other leg, um, I mean, the only way for them to partake is a hand cycle. I mean, I think they should be welcoming and embracing the fact that Patriots want to ride on Patriots Day.
2: The, those who, who participate would like for there to be more spaces available.
0: Yes, we have a uh, team Achilles. Uh, I ride with the Freedom Team, which is made up of wounded veterans. I mean, we could have filled another 20 more spots. I mean, we, we go to New York and we do... Fifty guys we go to LA we got you know another 50 70 guys I mean it we could fill as many spots as they want to give us
2: there's this week there was an acknowledgement by Tom Grilk that he had offended some and there was an apology is that
0: good enough uh it's a good start I mean that's pretty much the start of it um I'm glad he did it I mean you know, manned up and took some responsibility and admitted uh, what he's been doing for years has been wrong, Uh, and it's been for years. Um, But, you know, I'm hoping that this will also lead into some other marathons that don't. Uh, Chicago. Chicago's another marathon that only allow combat wounded veterans to ride in that. And the only reason Chicago allows the hand cycles with combat wounded veterans is because Bank of America forced their hand because they're the sponsor. So mm. we're trying to head in the right direction with that marathon as well. But New York, L.A., Detroit, uh, Marine Corps down in Washington, um, they're amazing. You ride them, it's, it's, it's an experience like no other. Uh, the sponsors for Team Freedom, uh, the Achilles Freedom Team, is great for those. Uh, We really don't have a full, full sponsor here for Boston for the Freedom Team made up of wounded veterans. Um, Always looking for donations and sponsorship for the team. Uh, It's a lot of money to fly these 30 guys out, put them up in hotels. Uh, We got great, great, great police officers that volunteer. We have the old commissioner. We have uh, um, lieutenant firefighters that come out and support us. you know, we have a ton of volunteers that come and support us, and they're awesome. You, you have an event coming up. Uh, April 22nd. It's a, it's a fundraiser for Camp No Limits. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization that does summer camps and then a couple winter camps, ski camps, for kids with missing limbs. Um, it's going to be at Anthony's in Malden on April 22nd. Lenny Clark, Dave Russo. Uh, host Danny Miller, another comedian. So it's going to be a comedy night with a buffet meal served. It's uh, $50 a ticket on April 22nd. Doors open up at 6. Brown paper ticket, Camp No Limits. Um, You can check my Facebook page. We'll have links and other people's as well. Um, But yeah, it's going to be money to raise, uh, a fundraiser to raise money to get more kids to camp. Uh, These are little kids, quadruple amputees, lost their limbs from everything from meningitis to uh, car accidents, just the born dif- disfigurements. Um, so it's not just missing limbs, it's also limb differences. So kids that have partial limbs that were born with partial limbs, limbs born reversed. Um, it's an awesome way to get kids active. Uh, they get to try some new equipment. with Different companies bring bringing some equipment for us to try. But it's a family event for the kids. You know, their parents get to come, their siblings can get to come uh depending on the sponsorship and the money raised and that's what i'm trying to do trying to raise money to get more of these kids and their families out to these camps and keep them active
2: what have you discovered about yourself since that day four years
0: ago uh i don't know uh i got a lot more determination than i thought i had you know uh Thought I would have given up a few more times than I have. <laughs> you know, just a lot more fight in me than I thought I had.
2: Well, when you see Mark
0: on his hand cycle marathon Monday, give him a yell, give him a shout. Yeah, make some make some signs for um, the Freedom Team, Team Achilles. Um, and you can also follow the Freedom Team on uh, Instagram. It's going to be at Patriots Day Patriots. Uh, so check that out and... Come out and support the veterans, and hold signs, and let the BAA know that, uh, you know, you as fans and spectators support our veterans and uh, the Freedom Team. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Hey, thank you for having me. Now that's somebody who makes you feel like
2: you haven't accomplished anything. Yeah. In your life, I have no complaints. That's a guy or not, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm such. I'm. I'm. am t- just not worthy. The inspirational
2: story of Mark Fugurell. So many emotions.
1: uh, Yeah. So many emotions going through that for me, for him, and then hearing him and just, oh, my God, amazing.
2: It's an amazing day in our city, and and, uh, make sure that you're on the lookout for Mark on Monday wherever you're watching the Boston Marathon. Thanks for listening to Extra Sauce this week. Special thanks for a little production assistance from Andrew Kaiser. Yeah. And make sure you subscribe to Extra Sauce on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a rating. We'll be back next week with another episode of Extra Sauce.
0: Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long.